This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And we are back here for the Onside Kick, the live football, or not the live, the pro football podcast is what I meant to say. Talking about live football. Talking about live football, but we are the mm-hmm. professional football podcast here on MV- MVP. It's great to say that because I know the XFL hasn't started, and I don't think isn't starting until 2020. Still yeah, going to say professional lot. football because we talk about the XFL as well. But we got a jam-packed show for you guys. All NFL today, obviously. Talking about the New York Jets. Going to take a look at Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. And then we'll end the show looking at sophomore quarterbacks and who will have the most improved season this year. But before we get into everything, make sure to check us out on patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. We're trying to get a new studio. That's our main goal for this year. Every dollar helps. One month, tons of months, bronze, silver, gold. You can call on a podcast. You can be have the MVP podcast with Mark and I are going to record the May one for patrons and June for everyone else um, today after the onside kick. So you can get that a month early before everyone else and you can get access to the MVP Discord server to kind of chat with us. Whatever you want. That's like a 24-7 kind of direct line to the MVP, guys. So check out Patreon.com to support us and make sure we can keep doing everything we would like to do for you. But, Mark, like I mentioned, the Jets, we're going to talk about their playoff hopes today. We're going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo or Jimmy Garoppolo, if he'll be on the hot seat this season. And then we're going to take a look at sophomore quarterbacks and how they are going to improve this year. Let's start with the New York Jets. And there's a little bit to unpack with them because they had a lot going on this offseason. New head coach Adam Gase coming in. Sam Darnold entering year number two. They also have Le'Veon Bell is now on the team. They have a new draft pick in Quinn and Williams that's supposed to help this defense out. I'm just going to straight up ask you, are the Jets going to make the playoffs this year or how good or how well are their chances to make the playoffs in 2019. I actually think the Jets have pretty good chances to get in the playoffs. Uh, the first thing you always need to say is they're in the AFC East. They're not going to win the division. Bingo. So they That's compete for card. a wild card spot. Uh, but I think they've actually got a pretty good shot. You know, they are... Last year, they were not a great team, but they're a team that made mm-hmm. a lot of moves. And it's dangerous sometimes because when you make moves and you spend your money, it doesn't always work out. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, I think it actually has a pretty good shot. Um, they didn't do anything astronomical. You know, they they made smart picks. They get a guy like Le'Veon Bell, Mm -hmm. who hopefully after his uh, season off is going to be nice, well-rested, and ready to go. Uh, They make good draft picks. They have a young quarterback who showed some flashes last year and then made some rookie mistakes, but that's what you want. You want him to learn from these things and get better. Uh, Gase has shown that he can shine uh, offensively. We'll see Mm -hmm. how he does his second time around as a head coach. But the other thing that is a big benefit for the New York Jets, their schedule's kind of easy. I think their schedule's easy. It's easy in parts, but go ahead with what you're going to say about the easiness of the schedule. I just think their schedule's easy enough that if they if they can win enough games in their own division, that's Mm -hmm. the tough part. You can't lose your division. But if you're winning in your division, I see the Jets kind of cruising their way right in. Mm -hmm. Um, And... 
they have the best odds besides the Patriots, obviously, who are going to be in the playoffs. When it comes to a wild card, anyone else in their division, they have much better odds than anyone else, I think. Now, my question to you before I go full into the schedule, because I'm totally glad that you brought up the schedule, because that was one of the things that I'm like, I'm going to keep that in my back pocket for later on, but I'm going to pull it no, out I like now because you Jets. brought it up. The question I want to ask you before I go into it is, mm-hmm. with the Dolphins and Bills, do you think they're splits? Do you think they can win two against a Josh Rosen or a Ryan Fitzpatrick Dolphin team, a Josh Allen Bills team? Because that, to me, I feel like there's two parts of the schedule, mm-hmm. and the third part is, can you sweep either the Bills or the Dolphins this year? So what do I you think, think they about can sweep Bills? the Dolphins. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I like Josh Rosen, but I think that there is some ad- adapting Mark, to this. And I'm actually rooting for Josh Rosen. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, but I think there's going to be some adapting that needs to happen. You have mm-hmm. Adam Gase who wants to beat his old team. Um, you have a a team that really needs to refigure itself out in the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Then you have the Buffalo Bills, which I don't necessarily think they'll sweep the Bills, but they'll for sure split with the Bills because uh, the Bills are in basically the same spot, maybe just a little bit of a step behind the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would say they are a step behind the Jets uh, at the moment, but they're not that far yeah. off either. Well, and here's the thing where I agree with you. I feel like a, I'm going split for both right now because – the Bills, this team split before. They split last year. The Dolphins, yes, the Dolphins beat the Jets twice last year, but Adam Gase was on that Dolphin sideline and not the Jet sideline like he will be this year. And then number three, I look at it and I go, this Jet team doesn't have the new additions that it made. It, it's not gonna ha- it didn't have that Adam Gase offense last year. It didn't have Le'Veon Bell last year. So those are going to play a little bit of positives for this team. So for the sake of argument right now, let's just say they split against the Bills and the Dolphins. That's two wins right away. For me, I feel like after week six, they can get a few wins. They can, on top of their two, they could get the Giants. They could possibly get the Redskins. They could possibly get the Raiders. And then after that, it depends, like, the Bengals, what kind of a Bengals team are we going to see? I'm going to put them in a win column right now, but everything else is a question mark. So that is six wins right there. My question for the Jets is what games can you steal? What games early on? Because I look at the beginning of their schedule. The first two aren't the hardest, although the Cleveland Browns have made additions this year, some good additions to their team and are hoping to be a better team. I'm excited for that Monday night game, week two, but I'm not ready to say that the Browns are a for sure win um, against the Jets. But after that, it's like you got to play New England twice. New England could sweep you. You got to play Philly at Philly, who's going to be a tough team. You got to play Dallas, who's going to be a tough team. You got to play Jacksonville in Jacksonville, who's going to be a hopefully, hopefully, we're thinking a better team than they were last year with Nick Foles. That's the true question is those games from like week three to week eight and then the two at the end right mm-hmm. before the Bills game, the Ravens and the Steelers. Now, the Steelers could be a little bit off this year. I don't think the Ravens are even that good. So, I mean, though. like those are more winnable games. That's why mm-hmm. I'm putting those in like if I'm saying like a tier two. Um, so how I would do is their games from week three to week eight are tier one. You got to steal one of those. Then you've got Ravens-Steelers Tier 2, 
and then everything else I'm throwing in tier three, where the tier three are totally could be mm. total winnable games that they could get. Well, I think that the the big thing is the Jets made some good additions on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the draft. And then they went ahead and got a guy like Le'Veon Bell, which is something they desperately needed last year. I mean, you look at their leading uh, rusher, uh, Isaiah Kroll, who's got like, what, 700 yards, Mm -hmm. basically. Um, You're going to get a lot more out of Le'Veon Bell. That's going to help Sam Darnold out a lot. Sam Darnold, who, like I said, had some flashes. Do I wish that the Jets... Uh, got a big-name wide receiver at some point in this offseason? Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I think that would have continued to help Darnold out a lot. Wait until next year's draft. They'll get one. Like, could you imagine Potentially, if they got, yeah. It, like, let's say the Jets were bad again and didn't make the playoffs. Could you imagine if they got a top-ten pick and got, like, a— or I'm going to say even a top-five pick and got a Jerry Judy out of Alabama, who everyone's thinking is going to be the number-one wide receiver? Yeah. Or even later Darnold on, be like— Todd McShay's uh, way too early mock draft. He even had a guy like T. Higgins go all the way to the mm-hmm. Packers at like thirty. Yeah. So I mean, there's going to be wide receivers in this upcoming draft for the Jets to grab, no matter where they are in the round. Yeah, they'll definitely be able to get something. But I think the Jets easily can be a nine-win team. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, there's also the other parts of well, what does that mean for the rest of the AFC? Yeah. Is there you know, especially in the AFC West, where there's definitely more competition mm-hmm. uh, for that wild card spot? So. If things kind of work out well for them, I think that they can get in. Um, it is tough. You know, they got to play the Patriots twice a year. Yeah. The Bills are an up-and-coming team. They're going to play some difficult teams as well. But their schedule to me doesn't make me sit there and say, oh, wow, 4-12 and again. No. You know, I, I think that there are plenty of these games that are winnable, and there's plenty of teams that are still question marks, like mm-hmm. the Cowboys. Uh, not that I'm saying the Cowboys are that big of a question mark, but – you know, when it comes to... They uh, slip up at times. Exactly. And, and they get streaky, is really, for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars' defense isn't quite what it used to be when it was great, and we got to see how they adapt with Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. you got the Giants that are falling apart. The Redskins falling apart. The Raiders are bad. The Bengals, like you said, <laughs> we don't know what to see out of them. The Ravens' quarterback can't be trusted to throw the ball more than, like, 13 times. The Steelers have a, uh, a quarterback that's one foot out the door. You know, mm-hmm. there are enough teams out there where the Jets can kind of make their way. Now, with that being said, you know, we're going to talk about the sophomore quarterbacks later. Yeah. But if Sam Darnold doesn't take a step forward uh, and he just stays where he's at, looks like maybe he wasn't a good first round pick, mm-hmm. uh, wasn't worthy of one of those top quarterback picks, then, yeah, the Jets are going to have a really difficult time winning games. But a lot of it's going to be dependent on him making a step forward and the addition of Le'Veon Bell. Well, and I'm not just going to say a step forward for Sam Darnold. The thing I was going to hit on is him and Adam Gase need to be connected. They have to mm-hmm. be like this. I'm putting my I'm crossing my fingers basically for the audio listeners. They have to be just crossed to where it's like, you know what? We are working in tandem because I thought about this today and I was as I was thinking about the Jets. You look at New York last year, you look at Sam Darnold in a year that wasn't that great. He still had almost twenty nine hundred passing yards last year, completed he was just shy, 2% shy of being that 60% completion percentage that we love for quarterbacks, which me, 57.7, goes, all right, you didn't have the perfect coach. You can get to that 60 in my mind. Yeah. You're close well, enough you, in range. You, you're you know, you're know, not having the best wide receivers. Yeah. You didn't have a great run game, so mm-hmm. that 
you know, put pressure on there. So and he was sacked thirty times last year with a touchdown to interception ratio of seventeen to so seventeen to fifteen. He was barely over one for one um, when it came to touchdowns to ints. I look at it and that's vastly similar to Ryan Tannehill his first year with Adam Gase because mm-hmm. and that was and this was in thirteen games that year. Ryan Tannehill had 2,995, so he was almost a 3,000-yard quarterback, 19 touchdowns to 12 interceptions, was sacked 29 times, but had a completion percentage of 67%. That's what I want to see if I am the Jets. I want to see Sam Darnold breaking that 60% completion percentage because Ryan Tannehill with Adam Gase – jumped from, it's not going to let me go to 2015. There we go. So he jumped from a 61, this was Ryan Tannehill with Adam Gase, 61.9 in 2015, and that was in four in 16 games. Then in 13 games with Adam Gase, 67%. If Sam Darnold can do mm-hmm. that and jump from 57 to 64, then this Jet team might be in some games to steal some, and could be that nine-win team yeah. that you think. Because I think as a floor right now, and of course we haven't done our season predictions, we got to wait for how. Right now we're in rookie tra- rookie mini camps. we got to wait for preseason to open up for all these teams to see what they look like. But I think that if Sam Darnold makes a jump and is in the 60s for completion percentage and is completing more passes – and this team steals some games, mm-hmm. this could be a team that's like, hey, our floor is six wins, our ceiling is nine or ten wins, depending on how many we steal this year from the good teams yeah. on our schedule. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting, too, uh, because a lot of it, like I said, Le'Veon Bell, I know they're making a big deal, but Le'Veon Bell hasn't gone mm-hmm. to, to any camps yet or, or the voluntary work uh, workouts. I don't really worry that much about Le'Veon Bell. Um, Le'Veon Bell's known that he's been working for this contract that mm-hmm. whole year he was off. He was probably ready to come in any day anyone wanted to pick up a phone, whether it was a trade, whether he got cut and signed, whatever it was. He was ready to go, uh, and he's got a lot of that kind of pent up in him. I think he's going to be just fine mm-hmm. uh, going out there. You know, people have been people are just criticizing the Jets kind of front office quite a bit Mm -hmm. uh, and the head coach just because of, um, well, Adam Gase got fired. Adam Gase was a stare during that press conference. Yeah, that was a little much. What's up? Um, What's up? What's up, everybody? Whoa, what's going on here? You know, they're going to criticize kind of anything. It's just kind Mm -hmm. of a popular thing to do right now. And and the Jets kind of are because of Rex Ryan, too, from way back. But, um, you know, people are even saying, like, with the making, not necessarily making fun of, but criticizing the wording of, uh, using orientation instead of a rookie mini camp, mm-hmm. and saying what well, you don't want your rookies to practice. You know, you're just going to have them do the classroom work. You know, yeah. there, people are kind of looking to pick apart anything with the New York Jets. So I kind of feel a little bit bad for Jets fans. Um, you know, their uniform's not that great anymore. You know, their jersey's not that great right now. Um, and people are criticizing anything they possibly can. Uh, but I honestly think this Jets team can be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I wanted to ask you too is because I think it was a week or two ago um, you brought up the Vince Young with the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dream Team. I'm trying to look up exactly 
what he said here. So this was the Jets Mar- are not a dream team. If that's what you're trying to ask, no. But Mark Sanchez on. Did you see what he said on? Um, it no. was NFL Total Access. Mm-mm. So Sanchez during his segment going through the Jets schedule on NFL Total Access only has the Jets losing to the Patriots at Foxborough, the Raiders at home, and the Bills in Buffalo at the end of the season. The Jets have never won 13 games in a season. So he has the Jets this year going 13-3. and three. I is don't know that, why they would lose to the Raiders where, at home, but sure. I know, I know he's not on the team. I know this mm-hmm. isn't exactly a dream team situation. Yeah. But is it stuff like this that is going to get some hopes higher than they should be? Because I'll be the first to tell you, the Jets are not winning 13 games. The Jets aren't winning the AFC East. The only thing the the highest that you have to to go for is a wild card spot this year. Because well, you're in the same division as the, the Patriots. Don't, I mean, that's just how it is. Don't get your hopes up. Like, I mean, if if, if Tom you, Brady gets injured, then maybe you've yeah. got a chance. Like you can steal one against the Patriots. Like I'll give you that. Usually sure. the Jets do. One year, Bill Belichick kind of gave it to you um, because he wanted to screw over another team in the standings of the playoffs. But, like, I saw that, and I was like, come on, Mark. You're smarter than that. Like, I know you're ex-Jet, got to go with the Jets, got to root for the Jets. But I was like, come on, man. Come on. You you really got to do that? One of the last things I want to ask you, though, is about this offense is do you think the addition of uh, Jameson Crowder is going to be a huge impact to this team? Because last year this team had – their leading receiver was Robbie Anderson with just over 750 yards. Next receiver was Chris Hen- Chris Hendon. Um, let's see. Did I read that right or is it Herndon? Herndon um, with 502 yards last season. Jamison Crowder last year for the Redskins had 388 yards. He had 789 in 2017 with mm. the Redskins. Is this an addition that's like, hey, it's just a body out there? Or is Jamison Crowder actually going to be better because that 388 was only in nine games yeah. last yeah, year? Yeah, I don't think he's just a body, but I don't think he's anything that special. I mean, he's not a you know wide receiver number mm-hmm. one or anything like that. And that's kind of a problem for the New York Jets. they got to work out sometimes. They don't really have yeah. a true number one wide receiver. Um, they it's also nice. Got, they got former Bear Josh Bellamy on the they team. They did. Definitely not a number one wide receiver. <laughs> um, you know, they, they have some nice pieces there. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it works for them. It's going to be tougher than uh, – the, the wide receiver situation is going to be a little bit tougher than the, it probably should be. And the thing that I know Jet fans are going to get mad at me if I don't mention is, yes, Quincy Anunwa is going to be back. He only played 11 games last mm-hmm. year, dealt with some injuries – um, I know Jet fans are going to be excited to get him back, but at the end of the day, if you had to answer the question right now, I know there's a lot to go through. Yep. And the one of the main reasons why I brought up this topic for today's podcast is because with our previews, the AFC East is going to be one of the last divisions that we touch. So we're probably not going to get to them until the end of July. So, of course, this question may change as we yep. get to there. But as right now, this is May 13th yep. as we're recording. Oh, I've got my answer. Are they a playoff team? Yep. Nine and seven. Squeeze in. So they're Seed a, number six. Okay. I was going to say five or six. I'm going to say no right now. I'm going to say they're between that six and eight win mark. Um, eight and eight being the ceiling. Yep. Six and ten. Me. Six and ten being the floor. 
But if something catastrophically went wrong, I could see 5-11 and 11 this year from the Jets. I think the main thing that Jet fans should do is the playoffs should, like, of course every year you want your team to do well. You want them to make the playoffs. You want them to go all the way. Everyone has aspirations for a Super Bowl. But are those aspirations realistic yep. for most teams? I think the biggest thing that Jet fans need to look at this year is even if you miss the playoffs, let's say you go 6-10, and 10, did Sam Darnold and Adam Gase do good things this year? Was the wide receiver Was there improvement? Exactly. Was there improvement in Sam Darnold from year one to year two, especially with Adam Gase? If that is a yes, then not making the playoffs this year will not be a bad thing, and you could probably get a higher draft pick to get yep. one of those wide receivers in this draft. But this is where you guys come in, Jet fans. Let us know what you're thinking down below in that comment section. Is this going to be a playoff team from the Jets? Do they win the division and we're absolutely wrong by writing them off right away? Will they be a wildcard team, or is this another non-playoff year for the Jets as they get more talent in the draft? And hopefully Adam Gase and Sam Darnold kind of come together in their first year as a tandem. Let us know what you guys are thinking down below. But, Mark, let's move on into our next topic, and we're going from the east of New York all the way to the west of San Francisco, talking a little bit about a quarterback you guys may know called Jimmy Garoppolo. You might Garoppolo. not, though, because it's not like he plays. It's not like he plays. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jerry, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, from the Chicagoland area, so we always got to give Jimmy the Illinois-Chicago love for that. But before we get into everything, make sure to rate the Onside Kick on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. I know your fear on YouTube that you still have an Apple ID, so please go over on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. It really helps us out, gets us into the ears of more people. But, Mark, let's look at Jimmy Garoppolo. And the question that we are answering today or trying to ask is... One that you kind of slyly brought up a week or two ago. You said that you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo, and you're like, hey, you know what? He might be on the hot seat this year. Mm -hmm. I kind of pressed you at the time and said, I don't think he's on the hot seat. Well, now we're going to get into it. And the reason why we're getting into will Jimmy G be on the hot seat is because, one, like you said, he was injured last year, and the 49ers are paying a lot of money but also it's because of the contract for Jimmy Garoppolo. is So his contract in total is a five-year contract. He's not up until 2023. However, the 49ers have a decision to make. Let's say Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured again this year. They have a potential out, which would mean two years, $60 million. That's around the figures that they'd be paying for Jimmy G over the last two years but they could cut ties after this year and move on. Or they choose to keep him, and then you're stuck with him until 2023. So I'm going to ask you, because of that, because of the injury, because of everything, is Jimmy Garoppolo on the hot seat for this season? I mean, I don't know if hot seat is necessarily the right word to phrase it, but he is definitely he needs to play. Okay. He has to play. Uh, and How, I don't even know that he has to play a full season, but he has to okay. play more than 12 games. How for well sure. does he have to play? Well, I mean, you can't go out there and throw more interceptions and touchdowns. Like, um, is this a team that has to make the playoffs with Jimmy Garoppolo? 
I don't think they have to make the playoffs, but Jimmy Garoppolo can't be the reason they're losing games. Okay. He has to go out there and show them that he's worth this kind of investment that they had. They had so much excitement for him in 2017. But, you know, I mean, there are there are con- areas to be concerned about Jimmy Garoppolo. When he played mm-hmm. last year, he was under 60% completion. Uh, both years, he has been almost one-to-one for touchdown to interceptions. A little scary. Uh, he's never been able to sustain anything. Even when he had his chance with the New England Patriots, he got injured right off the bat, mm-hmm. too, with them. So um, he needs to prove something. And and I don't necessarily want to say, well, he's got to throw for you know 4,000 yards or anything like that. That's silly. He just needs to be good for San Francisco, and he needs to be there. Mm-hmm. The being there, I think, is the most important part because they invested a lot. They traded, and they signed him with very little – proven out of him um it was all just about the hype it was all just about the potential for jimmy garoppolo and there's plenty of potential there but as i said you know 27 years old i think what will he be 28 uh 28 in the middle of the season yeah um so he's 27 years old right now he hasn't really honestly shown us all that much he has to show something I see for me I look at it and I go the only thing for me mm-hmm. that has to happen is he has to not get injured. He has to play this year. Like when you said yeah. play at least 12 games, that's it for me. Like if this team even miss- if he throws 30 interceptions and two touchdowns. If this team misses the playoffs this mm-hmm. year, even if that like cuz here's the thing. I don't maybe I'm not expecting those kind of numbers. Because, yes, we saw a little bit of him with Kyle Shanahan, but this is basically going to be year one with him with Kyle Shanahan. Of course, he's been in the quarterback room and has worked with Kyle Shanahan while being injured, but on the field, Mm -hmm. this is the first year we are going to see him with Kyle Shanahan out on the football field. I think, A, that is going to benefit him. I think that he's going to be good in the Shanahan system. Also, well, it's a ha- very quarterback friendly system, so I'd hope so. Also, you have to remember the running back game last year was vastly different than what's going to be this year. They're hopefully it doesn't going- matter, Jimmy, from last year. He was only there for three games. No, I know, but like for this team in general, also when Jimmy mm-hmm. did start those three games, Jarek McKinnon wasn't there. He got injured in the preseason. He'll hopefully be back healthy, looking to revamp himself after a really good year in Minnesota, which got him the contract with the 49ers. Also, they're bringing in a guy that Shanahan had worked with in Atlanta, Tevin Coleman, who is very much a quarterback's friend in the backfield. To me, the question of this team is kind of two things. Is what's the running back game going to look like? Can they help support? Is McKinnon going to be back to shape after his injury? How much is Tevin Coleman going to help in the backfield? George Kittle, he was the come-alive story last year for this team. Can he continue that and be a main target for Jimmy Garoppolo? He was pretty much the only option, really. And I'm looking, and he might be, because right now, wide receiver-wise— They drafted a couple. Jordan Matthews is okay. Like, I'm going to say that. He is okay out there. I don't—like, I'm not super excited Mm -hmm. if he's my number one target— Yes, they did go into the draft. They got Debo Samuel, who was a guy who, in our way too early last year, was a top 10 guy Mm -hmm. out of South Carolina. They also got Jalen Hurd, who's kind of like a wide receiver, running back, kind of hybrid kind of a guy. His skills 
position guy. But really, it's going to be Matthews, Goodwin, and Samuel, who probably will be your one, two, three with George Kittle being the main tight end. My question is with the 49ers is there's also to me, like like I said, they don't need to make the playoffs mm-hmm. for me to make this decision. All Jimmy Garoppolo has to do is be healthy and play well. But there's also a part of me that thinks this team should be competing for a wild card spot this year. I mean, I, I don't know if that's too mm-hmm. lofty of a goal. I don't know if that's because last year I was really high on this team. But I just I look at the NFC right now and what we are looking at. Um, and I look at the different divisions. In the NFC, we're probably going to, like, there'll be two teams competing for the playoffs, the Cowboys and the Eagles. For the North, maybe three teams, mostly the Bears and the Vikings, maybe the Packers, depending how they can do in Matt LaFleur's first season. Then in the South, really, I'm going to say, what, one team, maybe two, if the Falcons decide to show up. They're always, but, there's always three teams competing in the like South. Really, have been for the last, like, five, six years. But what I'm saying is if they're going to compete, that's mm-hmm. going to be for the division. I don't think it, I don't think we're going to get a wild card team from the South this year. I don't year. know why not. We have for, like, the last three years. And then with the West, I think the Cardinals are still, even though they got Kyler Murray, they're still going to be in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. I think Seattle's taking a step back this year. And I think San Francisco, like, is San Francisco, is their goal – to shoot for the playoffs, or is it to, hey, we need to take a stranglehold, not of the NFC West, but to put ourselves in a situation to where next year people look at us as the up-and-comer to challenge the Rams, not the Seattle Seahawks? Well, I don't think anyone's looking at the Seattle Seahawks as an, as an up-and-comer No, but I mean, like, last year they finished, like, they were the 10-6 and six team. Yeah, that was a surprise to me. I didn't think the... Seahawks are going to have that good of a team. But they're usually been like, if the Rams are going to be one, people are going to pick the Seahawks to be two. And at least in the last few years now, uh, the Seahawks definitely have kind of fallen off a little bit. I think that the the 49ers, to me, you invested in Jimmy Garoppolo via Mm -hmm. trade and then signing him uh, three years ago. Yeah, You haven't gotten anything out of it. You got the hot young quarterback, or not quarterback, uh, well, I guess quarterback, like, whisperer mm-hmm. uh, for your head coach. You invested in that. You have to be successful. He's a guy who just came off of a Super Bowl uh, appearance when you went and got him. Mm-hmm. You've done so much to kind of build up this team. We have to see something come come of it at some point. And it's not to say that this team needs to go and win a Super Bowl right now. They just need to be able to compete for a playoff spot. I don't mm-hmm. think they have to get there. They don't have to get into the playoffs for me. Uh, to be satisfied for the 49ers. But they have to be competing. They go out there and they're a five- or six-win team again. I'm going to sit there and say, okay, this isn't working. You've got to try something else. Uh, and I don't know that the answer is going to be a new quarterback, but I'm thinking that if they are low enough in the draft, there might not be as many teams drafting quarterbacks next year. They might have a good opportunity to get a good young quarterback and say, it's not that Jimmy Garoppolo is bad. We just haven't really had the chance to use him. Uh, he's 28, and we can go get a 20-year-old. We're going to go with the 20-year-old. Well, and that's the thing I, that I was going to bring up is since Jimmy Garoppolo has been with the 49ers, the two draft classes that we have seen, basically 2018's draft class mm-hmm. and then 2019's draft class, 
in 2018 when Jimmy Garoppolo played six games, a total of six games for that team, they were the ninth overall pick in that draft. This past year, they were number two. If they are, again, let's mm-hmm. say they get the number two pick. Let's say for some reason he gets injured and they get the number one pick. If they are, like, that's the thing that kind of intrigues me, is with the quarterbacks that we are going to see this year. Yeah. If they're a top ten team, if they are in Tua territory, if they're in Herbert territory, if they're in Fromm territory, Eason, yep. um, Jalen Hurts territory, depending on how these guys play and how they rise on draft boards by the time we get to the draft, that to me is going to be the interesting part. If Jimmy Garoppolo plays, plays decent but is healthy, mm-hmm. he has the job. Like that's the bare minimum well, you that invest, needs to yeah, happen. You invested yeah. enough in him. But if he gets injured again, or for some reason they have a catastrophic year and it's like Fuck, man, this ain't going to work. Yeah. Then I would not be surprised if the 49ers say, you know what? It's been fun. We're pushing the but you, know, you, you think about the we'll fans, too. You know, how many fans sitting out there are like, yeah, we got that good quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Who? I've never seen him before. Like when you're talking about not your diehard fans. Yeah. They're going to think about who's this Jimmy Garoppolo guy. Or they're going to say, don't we have a quarterback who's supposed yeah. to be good? Uh, who's this Nick Mullins guy? But, you know, you look at these teams, too, and I'm just looking at this as a if they do bad and can get one of these young mm-hmm. guys. Philadelphia Eagles, why were they able to get that uh, that Super Bowl? Because they had a quarterback on a cheap deal. The Seattle Seahawks, mm-hmm. quarterback on a cheap deal. They had a really good team around him. Chicago Bears are trying to make their run for it with quarterback Mitch Trubisky on a cheap deal, spend a lot of money elsewhere. That's why they're able to get a guy like uh, Khalil Mack. Mm -hmm. You look at what the Rams have been doing and how they were just in a Super Bowl because they were able to put such a big, strong, expensive team around their cheap quarterback. That is the method. That is what people do. That's what they try. The Redskins are trying to do it. The Giants are trying to do it. Uh, The Cowboys are kind of past their chance to do it with Dak Prescott. Um but you have all these teams that are trying to do the young expense or the young quarterback and the expensive team. Mm-hmm. This could be the 49ers' chance if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't do much this season, um, quite probably just because of injury. Because I think if he's out there, he'll be fine. Yeah. It's just the injury part if, if he can't be healthy. The 49ers might say, you know what? We're going to let you be someone else's issue, someone else's quarterback, mm-hmm. someone else's whatever. We're going to go with that expensive guy, and our cheap guy, and we're going to spend our money on everybody else because that is what's been proven to be successful in the NFL recently. See, and that's what, to me, I'm expecting to happen. I'm expecting Jimmy Garoppolo to play well. If he's healthy, mm-hmm. I'm assuming he's going to play well because I, when I see Jimmy Garoppolo, I see – I'm not sitting there saying that I see like Tom Brady – but I see a good quarterback. I see a guy that you can lean your head on and go or hang your head on and say that's my starting quarterback and not have to worry about him. My only question for Jimmy Garoppolo is is he going to be healthy this year? And that's the main caveat is and I can't really predict like you can predict and say yeah, I think he is going to be healthy, but no one really knows if he's going to be healthy or not cuz anything can happen in a game like football. Like look at even Tom Brady how healthy he has been, mm-hmm. but that one year he gets hit the wrong way, boom, he's out for a year. And this is a guy who never has 
injury problems. Gets hit the wrong way, boom. He injures his knee yeah. and is out. But well, it's because he's eating all that, uh, you know, whatever diet and exactly. drinking water. The TV twelve diet. That yeah, doesn't I use his phone in the bedroom. I believe Sean bought the TB12 diet book and has been – I wouldn't uh, be surprised. Has been diving into some of the TB12 diet. He stopped you know, going out in the sun. He's yeah. <laughs> not eating tomatoes, all that type of stuff. Isn't, isn't it he drinks – what's he, the weird he thing will, with water? He feels like he will not get sunburnt because he drinks enough water. That's what it is. He thinks yeah. he's not going to get sunburned because uh, of the amount of he water drinks he enough drinks. water. But like the only – the big signings that I see for them – like Tevin Coleman, two-year deal. Um, Kawan Alexander, who was a big one on the defensive side from Tampa Bay, that was a four-year deal. Getting D Ford via trade on the defense and then giving him a contract. But like I look at the other ones where it's like Jordan Matthews, who we talked about, he's only a one-year contract. So it's like, to me, I think what's going to happen is even if Jimmy Garoppolo has a bad year this year, the 49ers are not going to get rid of him. What's going to happen is he's going to be the quarterback for the 49ers throughout his entire contract, love it or hate it. And what they're going to do is if they are a top 10 pick in this draft, they're going to be in the same mindset that the Jets are going to be in that we talked about Mm -hmm. moments ago where, all right, we have Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's get him more weapons. Let's get him a weapon in this first round, a wide receiver that we can say this is our number one. Except guy. for the fact that the 49ers love to trade back. Exactly. So, but I mean, and that's the kind of this year. If let's say mm-hmm. they're the third pick yeah. and Jerry Judy's there, I don't think they'd trade back. I'd take. Jerry I don't know. Judy. They love to trade back. Uh, they love to trade back, and it hasn't always ended up working out perfectly for they them. They didn't this year. That's they did the not thing. this year. They had a really easy pick with Nick Bosa. They ran it up to the podium, as I like to yeah. say. But, you know, the thing with Jimmy Garoppolo that I all, that I do always like to say is that we also have to pump the brakes on the hype for him. Yeah. Because when you look at his – really his only, like, extended stretch of playing uh, was that 2017 season with the 49ers. That's he the ro- did that, well. That's the role you and I play. I'm the guy that hype, hype, yeah. hype, and Mark's the guy that, hey, let's simmer down that hype well, a little bit. He, he did well. He had a couple games where it was like 334, 330, or 381 uh-huh. his passing yards. But he never threw more than two touchdowns in a game. Yeah. He almost always threw at least one interception in a mm. game. Uh, like I said, he's pretty close to a one-to-one ratio in his touchdowns to interceptions. Um, the best thing he had going for him in that stretch was his completion percentage. He had three games where he was over 70%. Um, so that's pretty good. Of course, two of those teams were uh, Tennessee Titans and the Chicago Bears defense, who mm-hmm. in 2017 was getting there, but not there yet. Yeah. Um, but still, you know, you have you have your flashes. But you haven't necessarily had the consistency with Jimmy Garoppolo. So there is a chance that the 49ers could just try to move on from him. Mm -hmm. It is possible. Um, Nick Mullins was not bad. He looked serviceable enough. Um, You don't want him as your starting quarterback. No. But he looked serviceable enough um, to show that, you know what? Maybe we can do something else about Jimmy Garoppolo if we have the opportunity. If we're high enough in the draft to do it. See, and I'm looking at the schedule for the 49ers. If Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, all like this is all going to be water under the bridge. And the reason why I say that is I'll run down the schedule right down for you, Mark. Like, you know what? Here it is. Here's your 49ers prediction video. I'm going to do it right now. Tampa Bay, that's a win. 
Bengals, that's a win. Steelers, that's a win. Um, Cleveland, I'm going to say tough one, and it's weird that I brought up Cleveland twice in this podcast, and both these games are going to be on Monday night. That seems like way too many Monday night games for the Cleveland Browns. Sure does. This is a brand-new Cleveland Browns team. I still believe the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo could beat the Cleveland Browns because it's in San Francisco, but that would be a really good game. Then a tough one. You are so you are so well, overhyped on the 49ers for no but reason. But here's where it slows down. Like then the Rams. Okay, mm. the Rams win that game in uh Las Vegas. The Redskins. I even though like Dwayne Haskins is lighting it up in minicamp, mm-hmm. I think Jimmy G could beat the rookie in Dwayne Haskins. Well, if you have if you had the 49ers beating the the Browns, they yeah. have to beat the Redskins. So what? That's right now 5 wins. I'm not high on Carolina this year, so that's six. Arizona is seven. We'll split with Seattle. They're not going to win both of them, so there's eight. Arizona, I'm sorry, they're going to sweep Arizona. That's nine. Then here is where the road gets tough. Green Bay is a question mark, depending how they play. Baltimore is a question mark, depending how they play. The Saints is prob- are probably a loss. The Rams... I could see the Rams sweeping the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo this year. And then Atlanta, that's another questionable one Mm -hmm. because I expect Atlanta to be better than they were. I expect Atlanta to kind of play up because it's also like we want to beat our old former coach. Um, Also, especially like Matt Ryan being one of those guys. Um, But like I feel like from week 12 on, that's when the pressure starts coming on for the 49ers. And this is going to be a year where it's like they're either eight and eight, nine and seven, miss the playoffs, or they're ten and six, eleven and five, and make the playoffs. I I just can't. Um, I just don't get it. How you can say this team is just to be a ten, eleven win team? Because uh, I think the schedules e- with a healthy Jimmy G and with him working with Kyle Shanahan, mm-hmm. I think this is an easy enough schedule. I, for I just that think to it's. Happen. It's not that it's impossible. I at just think that you're taking a leap. At worst, they're seven and nine. I see this as like a six or seven win team. Okay, uh, so that's my like at worst. Like, oh my god, yeah. the Browns beat us. Oh my god, the Steelers. But beat you're us. saying the Browns beat us, but you're super hyped on the Browns, and you think no, that I they're know. a Super Bowl contender. I know, I know. Like, and that's why I say the whole mm-hmm. like it, it'll be a tough game. See, but that's, if I had to pick, that's one, what I, I feel like. If you were predicting the Browns, you would say the Browns would win. It just, mm-hmm. it's just that you like forty. You like Jimmy Garoppolo. Is what it is. You like the Arlington I mean, Heights boy. If he if he's healthy, mm-hmm. I think that and I'm starting to back off on the Browns a little bit. Like right away when they made that OBJ trade, I was like, Super Bowl, they won it. Here you go. You're gonna mm-hmm. get kissed. Um, but now I'm backing off of it. Of like, uh, maybe let the Browns show me something first. Why can't the 49ers they, show you something and first? Yet again, that is so true. Mm-hmm. They do need to show me something. However, I think that with me and this schedule, I'll say the Browns, tougher game than I made it seem. Even the Steelers, probably a tougher game than I made it seem. Even the Bengals at home should be tougher. They were good at the beginning of last season. Yeah, yeah. The only thing is they've had some pieces leave. They've also have a new coach coming in, so we'll see how Zach Taylor implements Mm -hmm. his system with this team. The Redskins, to, like the Redskins, to me is one of those where it's like a win. One of the questions too is with Kyler Murray, are the Cardinals again another like, yeah, we're gonna sweep them with Jimmy G, or could Kyler Murray steal Maybe one? Maybe steal one, yeah. And like to me, I just feel like 
the 49ers have to get business done in the first 11 games because from week 12 to week 17, that's when the pressure cooker gets turned on. It's like, okay, here's your tough opponents. Are you going to be in good shape and be like, okay, we only have to win two of these games to get in the playoffs? Or is it going to be like, shit, we got to win most of these games if we want to be mm-hmm. a playoff team? Yeah, and, and I think that they're going to be in a spot where those that Seahawks to Seahawks is mm-hmm. going to be very important. Um, yeah. Because they're not going to win the division either. You know, they're similar to the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, the division's basically locked away for, for the, the Rams. Rams. Uh, so they really got to compete. And unlike the... Well, I guess it's similar to the Jets, too. The Jets are competing with the Bills. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks are going to be right in the way for the 49ers. But the difference is that Jets and Bills, kind of similar levels. When it comes to me and I'm looking at the Seahawks and uh, the 49ers, Seahawks are a step ahead of you. So yeah. you got to catch up. But the Seahawks, like, I even wonder, like, here, I'll ask you this since the uh-huh. Seahawks are brought up. Do you think that the Cam Chancellor and Doug Baldwin – um, subtractions are going to hurt them this year. Hurt them, sure. I think it'll hurt them, but I mean, they were a good team for the most part last year. Because last year they were a 10 win team. So does yeah. it take a win away, two wins away? Could see it taking, I mean, Cam Chancellor basically wasn't there for the, mm-hmm. you know, fast patrol. I mean, that was the but middle like, finger. <laughs> what, now your number one wide receiver is the combine hero? Is yeah, which no- is, is that your number one terrifying. receiver now? Is the uh, combine superhero? That would be terrifying. But you know what? The number one wide receiver is because the number one anything is Russell Wilson's legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Good it's point. just him running around, throw the so, ball to himself. I'll ask you this since you kind of brought up with that. Mm-hmm. First off, the Cam Chancellor Doug Baldwin situation. Okay. How many wins, if any, do you think get taken away from the 10 that Seattle had last year? One or two. So eight or nine. What if Jimmy Garoppolo plays all 16 games this year? Mm-hmm. How many wins would you add to their four that they the, had last well, year? Three. I would call them a seven-win team. Okay. So with yeah. a healthy 16-game Jimmy mm-hmm. Garoppolo, they're a seven-win team. Yep. rest of the team's not that great. And then the rest is just like, did they steal And a Jimmy game Garoppolo, just, despite winning six in a row, mm-hmm. he hasn't tr- – like he – there's like one or two games where he truly took it over. Mm-hmm. But overall, I haven't seen him go out there and just like he's not Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Where it's, I don't care what the rest of the team is. He's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, needs a good team. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe, um, huh. Is it kind of like a Dak Prescott situation, but a better quarterback? A little bit better than a Dak Prescott, I think. Because like Dak's another thing where it's mm-hmm. like, I don't think he's going to win you a Super Bowl on his own. But, hey, if you got Zeke and a really good wide receiver out there, then we're in business. You give him a team. It would be, to me, it's that, yeah, it's that exact same situation. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a good quarterback. You put a good team around him. Now he's a great quarterback. I and, mean, that should be kind of – that sounds kind of obvious, but still. Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, what it's going to come down to. The three guys I'm looking to, Kittle, McKinnon, Cole, uh, Coleman on the offensive side – and then this defense, adding Alexander, adding D Ford, adding Verrett for a season. Like, is this defense going to give the offense a little bit of a boost so that they can win more games this year? But let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. Is Jimmy G on the hot seat? And then kind of what are your expectations for the 49ers this year? It's kind of three questions. Number one, is Jimmy G on the hot seat? Number two, expectations for the 49ers. And then number three, the interesting one that I want to see, 
is if Jimmy G gets injured and you're a top five pick as a 49er fan, do you get rid of Jimmy G to get a Tua, to get a Herbert, to get a Fromm, to get somebody in the draft? I want to know what 49er fans are thinking about that last one down below in the comment section. And let's move on into our last topic, Mark. We're going to take a look at sophomore quarterbacks before we do for the pals on YouTube, the real MVPs on YouTube. Make sure check us out on Patreon, patreon.com backslash most valid podcast. We're looking for a new studio. You are how we get there. Your support, your help at patreon.com backslash most valid podcast. So check that down, down below in the description and let's get into these sophomore quarterbacks mark we're taking a look at who's going to be the most improved because i saw something on it was uh, i believe it was pro football talk maybe um or it might have been chris sims's individual podcast but they did a kind of viewer question thing and the question was basically how are the sophomores going to improve and i listened i was like you know what that's interesting, but who's going to be the most improved? Like, I don't want to know if they're all going to improve. I want to pit these quarterbacks against mm. each other and knows who's going to be number one. Because if we're not ranking, if we're not going in a competition, then what's the point of playing football? Am I right? So we're looking at Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, Josh Rosen of now the Miami Dolphins, Baker on the Browns, Darnold on the Jets, and Action Jackson – Lamar Action Jackson on the Baltimore Ravens for who is going to be the most improved. I'm going to kick it to you because I can't kick it to myself. Who do you think will be the most improved sophomore quarterback in 2019? So I do think there's we, – we have to put this part out there first for Josh Rosen to just be – he has the most potential because of the terrible team mm-hmm. he was on, traded to a new team. If he actually gets to play instead of – uh, instead of Fitzpatrick, Patrick. he can be just you know far and away mm-hmm. uh, the most improved. Um, but I'm going to go with my actual answer, which is Sam Darnold. Okay, I think Sam Darnold should be the most improved. When it just comes to to your stats, he probably was your second best mm-hmm. out of this group. Um, Baker Mayfield was your best, then Sam Darnold. I, in my eyes, at least, I don't know someone might want to argue somebody else, but. Under 3,000 yards, under 60%. Uh, we kind of talked a little bit about it. About a 1-to-1 ratio, 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. I expect his completion percentage to go up. I expect him to be safer with the football. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a big part of that's going to be Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. You know, I don't expect him to go and throw 4,000 yards. I don't care about that. I just want him to increase his completion percentage decrease the interceptions, increase touchdowns a little bit would be nice too. Uh, but it's going to be easier for them. Yes, the wide receivers are still kind of a little bit of a question mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as big of a question mark as some other teams, but he's got a lot of additions to where he should be able to take a nice step forward. Um, and hopefully for for you know for Sam Darnold to actually be able to compete mm-hmm. uh, for this wild card spot, which we talked about earlier. So I didn't ask you this during the Jet segment earlier on. Is Le'Veon Bell going to be the leading receiver for this team? 100%. So, like, and I'm not saying that it, I kind of am. As the wide receivers, no one's going to be driving that much attention to where yeah. it's like, oh, my God, I well, have they, to go to this They guy. struggle to get separation, mm-hmm. too, which is kind of 
a shame for a young quarterback. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell has no problem getting separation. He's got mm-hmm. no pro- – and part of that's because he's a running back. He's going to get the ball, like, right off the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. But he is so deadly in a passing game, mm-hmm. uh, such a great weapon that, yeah, I, I can easily see him being the leading wide receiver. And that's not even necessarily a knock on the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. It's just because he can be so successful in that role. Um, that if they're smart, they use him quite a bit as a wide receiver. I think for me, the thing with the thing with Sam Darnold that kind of makes me a excited and b he has to me the potential. Like you said, Josh Rosen has the potential. I think that Sam Darnold, because of success, because of team success, could be the favorite yeah. to be the most improved. Because out of any of these teams, really, there's only three that just because of team success will be there. One is Sam Darnold. Two is Baker Mayfield. Three is Lamar Jackson. Like, Lamar Jackson's is easy. Get to the playoff and win a playoff game. Um, for Baker, it's easy. Make the freaking playoffs. The same as Sam well, Darnold. for Lamar, I think there's more to it than that. Lamar has to show that he can be a passer. Mm-hmm. Well, I see, and that's the thing where... I feel like the thing that is going to help Lamar Jackson this year is having Mark Ingram in the backfield, having mm. a running back that he can rely on to where maybe he doesn't have to use his legs as much as he did. Now, I don't want him to lose that because I kind of want it to be like a Russell Wilson where it's like if shit breaks down back there, Use your freaking legs to get out yeah, there. Like keep your head up, look down the field. Exactly. First. Like look down the field first. If no one's open, then okay, you can and, use your legs and, and get And a big going. part of that wasn't necessarily Lamar's fault. It was that the head uh the well the play calling and the coaches didn't yeah. really want to give him an opportunity to mm-hmm. ever do it. Um so I blame them as well. Yeah, and I mean for I mean, if we're talking coaching, Baker Mayfield's kind of in a similar boat. Like, I know Freddie Kitchens worked with him last year. He's now the head coach. But how is Freddie Kitchens' offense going to, now that he's taking on a bigger role, not just an OC, how is that going to translate? Plus, with Baker Mayfield, you've got Jarvis Landry on this team. Now you've got OBJ on this team. And I'm not saying that OBJ is not a talent, but A, it's a lot of hype. B, it's a lot of. Personality say, to deal personality with. Personality and a lot of dramas. Mm-hmm. Like if OBJ – let's say OBJ ain't getting the ball and Jarvis Landry's getting more of the touches. Is OBJ going to be okay with that? Well, they're supposed to be, be – They're supposed to be, be like uh, best friends. Or is he going to be proposing the kicking screens after he kicks it? Right. I think that – domestic violence The problem for, the, uh, for Baker Mayfield is simply that – Managing the egos? No, no. The, for when it comes to which sophomore quarterback is going to see the most improvement, it's going to be you know the best or whatever – um, if it's just who's going to have the best stats, there's easily a good chance Baker can because Baker yeah. pretty much doubled two of these other quarterbacks' stats last year. Mm-hmm. So he is well ahead to begin with because he's just in a better situation yeah. than these other players. Um, so that's right there. I mean, he had you know 3,700 uh, yards, 27 to 14 for a touchdown to interception. He mm-hmm. He's in a much better situation than any of these other coaches or other um, quarterbacks are. So he put up his numbers already. Mm-hmm. There's not really that much up for him to go. There definitely is some, but not enough compared to like a Sam Darnold, a Josh Rosen, a Josh Allen. These guys have a lot more potential to yeah. move up. Baker for me is 110%. His most improved is based off of team success. 
mm-hmm. um, because of what we saw last year. However, the thing I will say, and when I was listening to um, Chris Sims, because they had Phil Sims on the phone for it, um, something that Phil Sims said, which usually I'm not going to say this, that I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting, um, is the fact of he was talking about Baker. And he said with Baker, the big thing is going to be what they used to tell rookies a lot going into their second year of like, all right, the honeymoon phase is over. It was great. Last year was awesome. Everyone loved you because you were new and you were a rookie. Well, now you're a sophomore. If we're not winning games, if you're not getting better, people aren't going to be like, oh, well, that's okay. He's just a rookie. Like, no, it's going to be if you're not winning games, if you're not stepping up, some of the blame is now going to be pushed onto you. And I'm not saying for Browns fans, I'm not saying that Baker can't handle that, but like that to me is what Baker is going. Baker's season is going to be judged on success and expectations because now the expectations are astronomically high yep. for this team, especially when you got a rookie like Greedy Williams coming in, going Super Bowl. We're gonna be there. We're gonna win it. Yeah. Um, to me, like you mentioned, Josh Rosen having the most potential mm-hmm. to be the most improved. I think Josh Allen could be the guy that we look at based off of skill, based off of what he's actually doing on the field. We can look at him and go, huh, he looks a lot better than last year. Um, because the one thing, if you watch Josh Allen last year, the most incompletions that were like, why are you throwing it that far? Yeah. Why are you trying to take the Shouldn't top have off surprised anybody because we saw him do it time and time again leading up to the draft. Exactly. But the thing I'm looking at this year that I feel like this one player is going to be the biggest reason for development in Josh Allen's game, Cole Beasley. Because to me, what was Cole Beasley with the uh, Dallas Cowboys? Hey, Dak, it's okay. I'm going to run across the middle of the field. You hit me on like a seven-yard slant, I'm going to turn mm-hmm. that into 15. Hey, you hit me Josh on, Allen a, doesn't do that. on a 10-yard crossing pad. Yeah, but I feel like that's the mm-hmm. thing of I could easily say that, oh, yeah, you know, Sean McDermott and the coaching staff are going to work that in. I could say that. They got to show me they could do that. But that's the thing with Josh Allen. If he's going to develop, if he's going to improve, he needs to back off of the home run. It's like he is, to me, I'm going to bring a Cubs um, kind of analogy into this, where Josh Allen, to me right now, is Javi Baez, where Javi Baez goes up there, and especially early Javi, to where it's like I'm swinging for the fences every time. I'm either doing one of two things. I'm hitting a home run. Or I'm striking out. I'm either doing one of those two things. That's what Josh Allen is right now. Mm-hmm. I'm either hitting a home run, hitting the long pass, or it's incomplete, four and out, and we're punting the ball. Or interception, and I'm turning over the ball. What he needs to do is he needs to become one of those quarterbacks, kind of like a player in baseball. Hey, the home run's not there. Get a single. Get a yep. double. Move the bases. Advance the runners. And that's what he needs to do in football. Move the chains. Get things going. Get the flow of the offense. You don't help your team if you're not currently playing. And that's why I think Cole, if if Josh Allen is going to be successful this year, Cole Beasley is going to be the reason why because of what receiver he was in Dallas and what he can be for Josh Allen 
with mm-hmm. Buffalo. Well, I'd love to see Josh Allen continue using his legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you talk about how Lamar can't lose his legs. Yeah. But Josh Allen, he's a guy who people don't really talk about his mobility and what he was able to do. Multiple 100, over 100-yard 100 uh, rushing games and then mm-hmm. one at 95. Um, you know, when you add that in, it makes him look about a lot better. The things yeah. that really concern me about Josh Allen, I was concerned at the beginning that he had not the best accuracy and he loved to throw it deep. Mm-hmm. That concerns me. Still concerns me because he threw for 52% completion. That's yeah. really bad. Uh-huh. That is really, really bad. 10 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Mm-hmm. More interceptions and touchdowns, poor accuracy. And part of that is, of course, Wide receivers not being that great in Buffalo, too. Mm-hmm. But that is a scary thing to look at. You look at the amount of games, and he's got like four games where he was in the 40s for completion percentage. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have one or two of those, but, I mean, it's it's kind of scary. He was a boom or bust kind of player. Mm-hmm. We need to see more boom out of Josh Allen. Uh, and, the you know, the Buffalo Bills are not as good of a team as a couple of these other teams are. Uh, to where I think that's going to kind of hold them back a little bit, and that's the thing you mentioned. They're not, they're not a team kind of loaded with talent with mm-hmm. wide receivers. Cole Beasley's the only one. Like I know they're bringing in John Brown for Baltimore. I know they've not got that Zay, exciting. I know they've got Zay Jones, who I wanted great things when he was coming out of the draft, oh, me too. but like he hasn't shown anything yet. To where right now, Cole Beasley is the only thing in that receiving core. That really gets me up, besides the questions that they have at running back. Because, yeah, you've got LaShawn McCoy, but how long is he going to be there? Because you've got Frank Gore that they got in free agency. You've got TJ Yeldon that they picked up in free mm-hmm. agency. It's like, those are too They're many just trying heads. to get whatever they can. Yeah, it's too many heads, though, to keep LaShawn McCoy. So I'm thinking the door might be opening mm-hmm. for a LaShawn McCoy release or a trade or something. What about the one guy we haven't touched? You mentioned him early on. Yeah. But we haven't really touched him. What are your expectations for Josh Rosen with the teal and orange in Miami? Well, it's all going to depend on if he actually gets the job. Do you think he will? I think he should, and I think he probably will. Um, you, to me, it's you traded for him, you should play him. Mm-hmm. It's easier, and I, I know I said this before on this Unless podcast Unless he too. totally does not look ready. Yeah, I mean, sure. But to, it's a lot easier to go with Josh Rosen first if he's not doing well, mm-hmm. put Fitzpatrick in. Yeah. Then it is to put Fitzpatrick in and just further mm-hmm. ruin Josh Rosen's confidence ever. Yeah. And then say, sorry, bud, you weren't good enough to play. Uh, maybe if this guy sucks, you can go in. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't work out that well. Uh, Josh Rosen, I think I expect to see, you know, I expect to see him improve by having a slightly, not that much better, mm-hmm. but better enough offensive line uh, and a little bit of weapons. Compared to, I mean, David Johnson was injured. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really help. Larry well, he was injured two years ago. Yeah, I guess that that's mistake. true. I guess he was actually there. Because um, I made that mistake, and a commenter called me out for it because the Cardinals were just so bad, you forgot David Johnson existed. Well, they had zero offensive line help, so it doesn't <laughs> matter. Um, but to me, I, I do worry a little bit for Josh Rosen's future just because of all the places you could have gotten mm-hmm. traded. I yeah. don't know that Miami was the best one because their team isn't that much better than Arizona. Mm, I just I feel like the guy he's got to befriend mm. is Devonta Parker because that someone is someone has like, to turn him back to being good. Well, and that was the thing. Like Jay Cutler was on this Miami team. It's like, 
holy shit, Devonta Parker's actually good, man. Yeah. Like, he's actually getting the ball. He looks good. Oh, and then Jay's not playing anymore, and Devonta Parker, where'd he go? Where'd he go? He's not there anymore. So, like, if mm-hmm. Josh Rosen can find a rapport with Devonta Parker, that's got to be your go-to guy. Because, the re- like, Kenny Stills is all right. He's not great. Yeah. You look at I, Mike Gusecki, he's someone that young that you're hoping at the tight end can be someone that you can rely on, but not a whole ton as he's still developing. The backfield to me is interesting because, yes, um, Ballage got play last year, Kalen Ballage, um, but Kenyon Drake is your main guy. I'm interested to see if seventh-round pick Miles Gaskin gets any play. I don't think he will. I think he's just going to be a special teamer early on, but, like, he was a guy at Washington, especially early on, had skills and had speed in the backfield to where, like, when I saw him in the seventh round, I went, ooh, he's not that he's not that bad, is he? Like, he's not that bad to where he's a seventh rounder to where right now they have him as third on the depth chart. I don't know if he stays there, but he's one that if he can get going, get some balls from Josh Rosen in the backfield, could use his speed to help Josh. I just think with Josh Rosen, the biggest thing for him is let's say he gets the job out of training camp, gets the job out of preseason, he can't lose the job. Oh, for like, sure. That's the main thing. Don't lose the job because no one's expecting you to go to the playoffs. No one's expecting you to light things up. Mm-hmm. Just don't lose the job. Don't turn over the ball. Yeah. And kind of just prove to Arizona that they made the wrong pick. Because he's definitely, you know, in that risky situation of becoming the next mm-hmm. Mike Lennon, Jimmy yep. Clausen, you know, just all these guys who get taken and it just doesn't a work out. Younger quarterback like next drafted. year, they're immediately put behind and then yeah. they just never get their chance to come back out of mm-hmm. their backup role. I will say, though, that was poor management on the Cardinals to trade up for a quarterback, mm-hmm. then be like, oh, shit, we're just as bad, and then have to trade that quarterback for yeah nothing. What, a second-round pick is yeah. what they traded him for? Yeah, and I think they gave up a fifth in, yeah. in addition to it, too. So, yeah, it was just very bad, very bad for, for Arizona. They just did not manage that well at all. So at the end of the day, who do you, if you had to rank them, let's say mm-hmm. a top three, who's your top three most improved software. So we're talking about most improved, not necessarily what their how their team will do. Because those are two different things. How do you how do you want to base this? I'll go I'll, off of what you I'll said. I'll do we can do both. Okay. Just to make everybody happy. My most improved, I'm gonna say Sam Darnold. Uh-huh. Uh I'm gonna go with And this is the one not taking in team success. Yes, this okay. is just the quarterback themselves, their improvement. Okay. Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson. Uh, and then Baker. And not that Baker's not going to be good. It's just that he doesn't have that much room to move up. Now, the actual team success, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and Lamar Jackson. See, I agree. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going to flip your last one, team success. Mm-hmm. You put Darnold at two, right? Yeah. I'm going to put Baker, Lamar, Darnold. I think that the Ravens are going to be just a little bit better mm-hmm. than the Jets. My other one, if I'm going off of just player by themselves with improvement, I when I listened to the segment earlier today with Phil and um, Chris Sims, I when he said Josh Allen, I even said to you beforehand, I was like, 
I can't believe you said Josh Allen is going to be his floor. The most I mean, improved. he started so low. I've actually talked myself into it. I'm going to say Josh Allen is going to be the most improved. Right behind him is going to be Josh Rosen, and then the third one will be Sam Darnold. Um, because I just think with the other two from the AFC North, Lamar Jackson, had, yes, obviously rookies always have something to improve, mm-hmm. but he took over for a team that was dead in the water, took them to the playoffs. Like, there's not much room to He's, go from there. My my thing with Lamar is just he has room to prove to the NFL that he can be a quarterback. It's minor tweaks. To no, me, it's not really minor tweaks to me. He can right now everyone's viewing him mm-hmm. as an extremely limited quarterback that got figured out. But when I'm looking at that is true, but mm-hmm. when I'm looking at the improvement like potential, mm-hmm. to me that is a minor tweak compared to like jo- compared to Allen, compared to Rosen, really compared to Rosen, like yeah, for sure. Josh, like Lamar Jackson's not going to lose his job. He's just hey, I'm fine tuning my game at this point to be a better quarterback for this team. Um, same thing with Baker Mayfield. Like Baker Mayfield has the job. He ain't going to lose it. It's just how much, how much better is he going to be building off of last year? Sam Darnold is in that boat, but also brand new coordinator too. Where Lamar and Baker don't have to deal with that. So team success, I'll go Baker, Lamar, Darnold. If I'm going improved quarterback by themselves, I'm expecting, well, I won't say expecting, I'm hoping Josh Allen improves, especially with having Cole Beasley um, to maybe be like, hey, I'm here. You can hit me on a shorter pass, and I can do I can do it with my legs. I'll get you mm-hmm. the same yards you got with that long one. But I'll use my legs to do it. See, and it makes your job easier because you got to throw To which Josh Allen responds, yeah, but what if you went 80 yards and I threw it to you? <laughs> you think about that one? T- to where Josh Allen goes, he rips open his shirt, has an Unleashed the Dragon tattoo. That's and it right. just says, School of Rex Grossman, and he just fucking flings it deep. I love it. That's what he needs to do, man. Because he's unleashing the dragon. I, I loved in his, I think it was his pro day, or maybe it was the combine, when they were like, yeah, the guy you know, ran 50 yards, but he threw it 55 yards just to show that he could. No, he <laughs> threw it that far because he overthrows his wide receivers. Yeah. It's not that he just wanted everybody to know that he can throw it. We know how far he can throw it. We did want him throw, to throw it to the did guy. Did he throw a 70-yard bomb? He at one without point, yeah. a wide receiver, just a bomb. Like boom, I don't know, I, threw it I don't remember yards. that, but I know he threw one really, really deep because he's got an incredible cannon. <laughs> yeah, he does. But I mean, it's impressive as hell. But you got to throw the ball to the wide receiver. Exactly. Um, then I'm going to say Josh Rosen. Then I'll wrap things up with Sam Darnold, just because he has out of the three Baker, Lamar, Sam, he's got mm-hmm. the most room to make improvements. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below about the sophomore quarterbacks, their improvements, who do you think is going to improve the most, who's going to improve the least. And I'll ask this, will any of these quarterbacks be out of the league sooner rather than not? Because, like, you could say that maybe about Josh Rosen. If Miami sucks, they draft a guy like Tua, trade Rosen again, and the whole cycle, like— He just turned him in quarterback. And I'm— it's like you brought up with the Jimmy Clausen, the yeah. Mike Glennon. Like, these were guys drafted, expected to come in. Like, Jimmy Clausen got moved because Cam got drafted, right? Yeah. He was right before Cam. He was Cam the very Newton. next year, yeah. And then Mike Glennon was Jameis Winston, right? Yep. Yeah. So, like, new quarterbacks come in, 
because you're in that situation again. I'm the old guys get bumped just, out. Just ask Josh Rosen how that goes. Yeah, he just, knows. Just ask Josh Rosen, who uh, had a nice uh, two flat in uh, Old Town that he helped Kyler Murray hopefully get. But let us know what you guys think down below. Make sure to hit us up on patreon.com backslash most valid podcast to help us out. We're trying to get a new studio sooner rather than not. We can only do that with your help at Patreon. And also, please go over to iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Give the onside kick a five-star rating. It helps us get into the ears of more people and gets more people listening to our podcast. want to thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Thank Mark for being here as always. Thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.